You're listening to the More and Better Disciples podcast, a resource to equip the church to make more and better disciples for Jesus Christ. Let's get started. Hey, everybody, and welcome to Episode 7 of the More and Better Disciples podcast. I'm your host, Keith Caps, here with Phil Kramer, lead pastor of Crossgate Church in Hot Springs, Arkansas. How's it going, Phil? Keith, I'm having a great day and still on cloud nine in the mountaintop after this weekend's uh, services. Yes, what a great weekend here at Crossgate. Great services yesterday, and wow, uh, just incredible the way that the Lord showed up as we discussed revival. So won't you tell us a little bit about what happened? Yeah, absolutely. So we basically took the sermon time to talk about uh, when Sharon and I went to Asbury earlier last week, and we were there Monday evening and then Tuesday morning. Uh, and then we, we did something else a little different. We front-loaded the message so that we did one song, and then we jumped right into the message. And then from the message, we pretty much had an extended uh, season of worship that I think everybody really, really appreciated. Yeah, I know that I did. Uh, in fact, I was in both services, and uh, both services alike. Uh, just incredible time of worship. Um, I was just moved to tears um, through that time, just reflecting and being so thankful mm, for everything too. that the Lord has done. Me too. Um, I'm excited about what God is doing in our midst and what He has for the days to come. So, and excited to be back on the podcast as we continue to discuss um, essentials for growth. How do, how do we grow as believers, as followers of Jesus? And so today we're going to be discussing the importance of Bible engagement, right? Absolutely. I love Bible engagement. Bible engagement. Me too. And you know, when I, when I first heard those words, uh, there was a little bit uh, different for me, right? Be, uh, because Bible engagement might sound a little bit different, uh, and it is uh, filled to a point. So why don't you tell us, what is the difference in Bible engagement and just Bible reading? Well, great question, Keith, because Bible engagement is so much more. I think if we were to think about it in terms of a mathematical formula, uh, Bible reading is just that. It's reading. You're reading the Bible. Uh, nothing wrong with that per se, but but I think we could optimize our engagement with the Bible by seeing that Bible engagement is reading plus reflection plus writing or journaling plus obedience, right? There's all of these things. There's a 360 degree uh, connection that we have with God's Word in a very practical way, and I love the direction we're going at Crossgate Church in promoting Bible engagement. Yeah, absolutely. And as you were saying that, it kind of reminded me of um, a podcast we did a few weeks ago about information versus transformation. It, to me, Bible reading is gathering information, um, whereas Bible engagement is um, reading and studying for the purpose of life transformation. So big difference there, and I'm excited to jump into this topic. But um, you know, Phil, that begs the question, uh, Bible engagement, why is that so important? First of all, why is the Bible so important um, to Christians? Obviously, we talk about it in church. It's a big part of who we are and what we do. But for somebody who's listening who might think, I mean, you got, you talk about the Bible a lot. I don't really understand why it's so important. What would you say to that? Well, the truth is, Keith, that uh, thousands of years ago, God wrote a book. And in fact, we did a whole teaching series not long after I came as pastor called God Wrote a Book. What do we believe about the Bible and why does it matter? Uh, I think that the bedrock uh, of what the Bible says about itself and what it claims for itself is found in 2 Timothy 3, verse 16, where it says, All Scripture is God-breathed or breathed out by God, or some translations say inspired. 
and is profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness. And so what we have here is what God wrote to us. Uh, I mean, there's no other piece of literature in the history of the world that even comes close to the Bible's level of inspiration and the fact that it represents God's word uh, to us, which is why, you know, every Sunday at Crossgate Church, we ask, what does the Bible say? But in essence, when we're asking, what does the Bible say? Really what we're asking is, what does God say? Right? And so to place the Bible in a, in a, in a, in a high uh, place of priority in our lives is critical uh, if we're truly going to know the mind of God, the heart of God, and, and the, the kind of people to become the kind of people that God wants us to become. Yeah, absolutely. And just to be clear, when when you say God wrote the book, are you, you're not saying that God physically took His hand and wrote the book. He used people to do it, uh, right? But He inspired them. Is is that right? Absolutely. Yes. So human authors uh, were guided by the Holy Spirit uh, to write down exactly what God wanted them to write. But each one of their works represents their own stylistic uh, idiosyncrasies and so forth, you know, in terms of different books in the New Testament. It's very obvious that they're written by different people uh, with different levels of, of grammatical skill and, and other things, but, but ultimately God wrote a book. And so when we read the Bible, we are hearing from God. Absolutely. Okay. So that's why the Bible is so important. It's God's Word, um, and obviously very important for uh, followers of Jesus. But when we talk about Bible engagement, Phil, again, not not just reading, but in, engaging, jumping into the Word for the purpose of life transformation, why is that in particular so important for Christians? Well, when you think about the Bible and what it says about itself, uh, there's several places in the Bible where it compares God's Word to food. You know, so you think about food being so essential for life. I mean, we all have to eat, right? No one can survive more than X number of days without eating. They'll die of starvation. And in many ways, uh, just as food is so essential to our existence and to our growth and to cells replication and, and muscle tissues reproduction and, and, and the function of our organs and all the rest, we've got to have spiritual food. Uh, you cannot possibly survive spiritually, certainly not thrive. I mean, you may drag yourself around, you know, in a, in a, a weakened condition spiritually without a, a daily dose of the Word, but, but in order to truly grow and, and to be a growing follower of Jesus who lives and loves like Jesus and leads others to follow Him, you have to be in the Word and getting some of that food. For, one of my favorite verses in the Bible is Job 23 and verse 12 that says this, I have not departed from the commandment of his lips. I have treasured the words of his mouth more than my portion of food. Right? And so think about this. I mean, as silly as it sounds, if you ran into a friend of yours and they were just looking weak and anemic and dragging themselves around just physically with no energy and you say, what's wrong, man? And they said, I don't know. I'm just not sure what's wrong with me. And you say, well, have you been to the doctor? Yeah, the doctor can't figure out what's wrong with me either. And say, well, what'd you have to eat last? Oh, I haven't eaten anything in like five or six days. What? Why not? Well, I did have a snack on Sunday morning at 11 o'clock, right? I mean, it's like if, if, if we're not in the Word on a regular basis, that would be like going days and days without food, and we will be dragging around spiritually for sure. So that, that's to me, that's why it's so important. 
Hey, and you know, I can really relate because, um, you know, I've made a commitment this year to try to be healthier. So I've paid a lot more attention to what I'm eating and things like that. And there have certainly been days where I have not eaten enough. And like you said, dragging around. But more importantly than that is how am I feeding myself spiritually? Um, Such a great point. You know, and I was reminded as we were uh, preparing for this um, that, you know, several years ago, Lifeway Research did a study on Christian disciplines, and this was a, a study over 10 years, um, and the purpose of it was to see, you know, how do the Christian disciplines um, affect a Christian's growth, and, and what they determined was that Bible engagement more than any other uh, of this, the disciplines um, affects every other aspect of a Christian's life. Um, and I thought that was really interesting. Have, have you heard that, Phil? Yeah, absolutely. It's a great uh, article you sent me not long ago by Eric Geiger, uh, just highlighting some of the important aspects of being in the Scripture, being in the Bible on a regular basis. Absolutely. Well, we know that it's important, and I think that people who, who know the Lord would agree that being in the Bible is important, like we just said. But even though it's that important, a lot of Christians struggle. And to be honest with you, I've struggled over the years from time to time with getting in the Word consistently. And and not just the habit of being in the Word, but really with a passion or a fervor um, to, to be in the Word. So what are some of the reasons why uh, Christians often struggle, and, and why do you think why do you think that is? Yeah, well, I mean, I think in life we get very busy. And uh, from, the, from the moment that our eyes open in the morning, most of us have a very full day ahead of us with a lot of things on the plate. And so it's a matter of prioritizing. However, I think, again, you know, and we've talked about this before, so many of the spiritual disciplines are related to physical disciplines in terms of the same principles involved. That's why I think Paul told Timothy in 1 Timothy chapter 4, verses 7 and 8, you know, uh, train yourselves to be godly. Or, or literally what he's saying is go to the, the spiritual gym. And how hard is it to truly stay consistent in working out if we're trying to do it all by ourselves uh, with, uh, with no workout partners, with no routine? Uh, we're just kind of haphazardly trying to piece together some type of physical regimen to keep ourselves in shape. Same thing with, uh, with, with spiritual disciplines and growing as a follower of Jesus. I mean, we've got to have something in place that's going to uh, bring us to that point of consistency. Yeah, and we'll, we'll talk a little bit more in a minute about what some of those things are, but you know, Phil, one of the things that I've heard people say in the past as far as, you know, why it's difficult to read the Bible um, is either I don't understand it. Um, I've heard people say, I'm trying to read it, but I don't really understand what's going on. Or some people have even said, I just, I'm not that interested in it. I think it's kind of boring. Um, what would you say to someone like that? Well, and when it comes to disciplines and certainly the spiritual disciplines, you know, the old paradigm is uh, duty becomes delight. You know, yes, okay. If you're reading your Bible only out of a sense of duty, well, at least you're reading it, right? And But that begins to build toward a delight in the Word of God. But again, as you and I get into some of the practical things that we have going on at Crossgate Church and things that I wish I had heard about 30 years ago, quite honestly, uh, I'm a little late to the game in terms of uh, some of these practical things that, we're, that are so commonplace now at Crossgate. Uh, but I just I, I really believe that that's what helps people to get into the Word. And once they get into the Word consistently, even seeing it as a duty to which they are accountable to other people, it truly does become a delight. They can taste and see that, that God's Word is good. Yeah, that's really good. 
Okay, well, definitely we want to get into the Word. Um, if somebody's listening and they're saying, okay, Phil, you've convinced me, I want to be more consistent in God's Word, what are some next steps that people can take if they want to engage the Bible more consistently? Okay, first of all, and I'm, I'm going to kind of throw a question back at you, Keith. I didn't tell you about this in advance, so here you go. All right, uh, paper Bible or digital Bible? What do you prefer? Oh man, that is such a tough question um, because um, I use both. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, that's the easy way out. It, it is. It really is. Um, so I do use both depending on the setting. You know, if you said prefer, I probably prefer a paper Bible, mm-hmm. um, and and that's what that's what I use. You know, for my personal quiet time. I do also really appreciate having a digital version um, because it's always with me on the go wherever I need it. Sometimes things will pop in my head and I'll have to look up a verse or I'll highlight something. Um, It's much easier uh, that way than carrying my actual Bible everywhere I go. So I appreciate the digital, but I prefer the paper. Well, that's a great way to look at it. The reason I ask is because I think it's incredibly important to have an actual paper Bible, some type of actual thing that you hold in your hand, but more importantly, that you read and that you can write in, you know, leave markings or whatever, underline things, uh, highlight things, write little side notes. I encourage people to bring real, actual, traditional Bibles to church as much as possible. One of the other reasons why I think that's so practical is because uh, is as convenient as a digital Bible is on your device or whatever, once that device dies, I mean... How are you, what are you going to do with it, right? Whereas over the course of almost 33 years of following Jesus now as a, as a born-again believer, I'm on my fourth Bible, and every single one of those Bibles reached a point where they started falling apart. There's markings all in those Bibles, and what's going to happen eventually is that each one of those Bibles is going to go down to one of my children, right? So that, that's a, that's, to me, that's a, a written record, a legacy that says, you know, the Word of God was incredibly important to my dad. And so I just want to encourage our listeners uh, to, to spend as much time, yes, I got it, sometimes a digital Bible makes more sense, and that's fine, but as much time as possible, even bringing it to church or wherever else, get that old-fashioned Bible and start marking it up, and let that be a legacy for whoever is going to come behind you, whether it's children or grandchildren or someone else that you're discipling. Beyond that, uh, I want to jump into the here method. Are we good with that? Yeah, I think so. Okay, so here method. Uh, I, now, I don't know if, if this was around a long time before Robbie and, and, uh, and Chris Swain uh, wrote their books, but, but Robbie Gallaty's book, uh, Replicate, and some of the ones he did before that were the first time I'd ever heard of the here method. Uh, and now I'm like, man, I wish I would have. This is, this is probably one of the top three things that I have experienced in the last 10 years of my life that I wish I would have I known about years ago. Uh, it's so simple, H-E-A-R. It, it, just, it stands for four words, highlight, explain, apply, and respond. Respond. I, I, I was testing you, Keith. <laughs> I, I was testing you. You, 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 uh, you won the test. All right. So, uh, yeah, so that's what it means. And basically, the here journaling method is, is the writing part. Remember how we said Bible engagement equals reading plus reflection plus writing plus obedience. And so what we're doing is... First of all, the reading plan that we have, our Bible engagement plan that we have at Crossgate Church focuses on five, usually five chapters a week. All right, we're not trying to read through the entire Bible in a year because then you're going to have to read anywhere between five to seven chapters a day. And a lot of people simply don't have time for that. And second of all, if you were able to read five to seven chapters a day, 
you'd have no time for reflection unless you're either retired or unemployed, right? Or independently wealthy, right? So, which, which I would say the majority of our people are not. So that said, what we do is we challenge our people to read in our Bible engagement plan one chapter a day. That doesn't take that long. But what that does is it allows you have time for reflection, for journaling, uh, for writing some things down. And then basically you take this here outline and you say, Lord, what's a verse or maybe two verses in this chapter that I read today where you really have a word for me? And you might highlight a particular verse uh, in our Bible reading plan, at least that, that we're doing. We're doing uh, Philippians chapter 1 this week, right? So this morning I was doing Philippians chapter 1. And, and I did Philippians chapter 1, verse 21, to live as Christ, to die as gain. Okay, so highlight H. All I'm going to do is I'm going to write out that verse, Philippians 1, 21. Just write out the verse in my journal. E, I'm going to explain what Philippians 1, verse 21 means within the broader context of that chapter. So here's Paul saying that, you know what, I, I'm, I've been through difficulties in life. That's okay. Sometimes my life has been hanging in the balance. That's okay, because for to me to live is Christ. So if I go on living on the earth, man, it's going to be all about Jesus. But to die is gain, because then I'm catapulted into his presence in heaven. So that's kind of the E. The A is apply. Now I'm simply writing a sentence or two about how that verse, Philippians 1.21, applies to my life. And I might say something like, I also want Jesus to be number one in my life here on this earth. And I'm not going to be afraid to die because I know that to die is to be catapulted into the presence of Jesus in heaven. Right? So I apply it to myself. And then the R, the respond or response, is you, most of the times people will frame that in terms of a prayer. I might say, God, help me to make Jesus number one today no matter what happens, knowing that my, that my eternal security is set and I have a place in heaven prepared for me because Jesus said he'd go and prepare a place for me. So those are the kind of things we're writing down. It's so easy, so simple. And once people develop a habit of doing a, a, a here journal, every time they sit down with their Bible and read that chapter a day, I guarantee the Bible will come alive to them. I, you know, it, it will be very difficult to say, I'm not getting anything out of this. Yeah, that's a great point. And, you know, I, I've done the here method for several years now. And as a matter of fact, just started um, a over in a new D group um, this awesome. past week and uh, started doing that once again. And man, it, it really is a game changer because it, it takes you from just reading to check a box. You know, when, when I know that I'm reading this chapter to try and get something out of it, um, because I'm going to write it down and someone is going to potentially see that. Yes. Uh, we'll talk about that in a minute, but it, it really changes, um, you know, the way that I approach the word and it's engaging, not just reading. So here's what I love about it. And, and, you know, I, I've got two D groups that I'm leading. I lead a D group on Sunday night, which is actually a part of my life group. We, we gather together at my house on Sunday nights, the men and the women gather together for about 15 minutes and then we break up and we spend the majority of our time together in these D group settings. So I've got these guys in one side of the house and we're going through the here, the here journal method. And basically when we get together, we're just sharing our journals from the, the previous week. So when we get together this Sunday night, uh, we'll be sharing from Philippians one through four. And then I think we tacked on Philemon as well. So it's great because just like you said, Keith, you know that, that when you come back to your group at the end of the week, they're going to say, what'd you get for Philippians chapter one? And everybody knows the wrong answer is, oh, I didn't read my Bible this week, right? So there's a little bit of accountability there and we, we need to hold each other accountable. And I will tell you, as you know, I'm preaching to the choir now, Keith, but 
there's a number of people at Crossgate Church who in the last year or two have begun doing D groups, and almost every one of them have said, I have never read my Bible this consistently in my life until I joined a D group and got, in, got into the Bible engagement plan with the Hear Journals. But here's the other thing I love. Okay, You can teach this. The great thing about the Hear Journal method is it's, it's an awesome foundational uh, building block for discipleship. When you're discipling someone else, I mean, this is one of the coolest and easiest things to teach someone else. I haven't actually tried this with my seven-year-old, but I guarantee it would work, right? So I've got my D group on Sunday nights. I've got my D group on Wednesday mornings at Chick-fil-A with a, with a group of five high school boys. And I'm, I, we just started a few weeks ago also, and I'm training them in the HEAR method. Uh, so that probably within a few months, it's going to be just second nature reflexive to those guys. And one of the things I told the, the young men, I said, look, one of the great things about keeping a journal with your here, uh, journal entries in it, is that what if you find yourself at FCA one day, Fellowship of Christian Athletes, or you find yourself in some other setting a year or two from now, and on short notice, they're like, hey, man, could you give us a devotional thought? Boom. You've got a whole journal full of devotional thoughts ready to roll. I mean, you don't have to even stop and think about it. Just break out your here journal and get after it. Yeah, that's so great. And, you know, somebody came up to me this past week at church, and they, they just started a D group for the first time and just started using this here method. And they said, um, Keith, I've been a Christian for over half my life, and this is the first time that I felt like I've really dug into the Word like this. Amen. Um, that is incredible, and just so thankful for what God's doing in us engaging His Word here at Crossgate. You know, one of the things that I haven't even really done at, at our house, but because Shara normally, by the time I leave in the morning, Shara is sitting down with the children and doing a little devotional or whatever, but you know, if, if someone said, man, I don't know where to start in discipling my kids, here you go. Here, here method. I mean, if your child is old enough to write and read, they can probably start doing here he journals. I wish someone would have taught me this when I was first saved. Yeah, absolutely. That's so good. And all of this information, the here method, the Crossgate Bible reading plan, um, D group instructions, that's all available on our website, crossgate.org slash resources. Um, love to make that available to our listeners. Well, Phil, we are out of time for today, but this has been a pleasure. We can continue talking about this uh, for weeks and weeks to come, but looking forward to continuing to discuss essentials for growth as we make more and better disciples for Jesus Christ. Yeah, this is great, Keith. I mean, I'm fired up. I'm looking forward to the next episode already. Me too. Have a good one. God bless you. Thank you for listening to the More and Better Disciples podcast, a ministry of Crossgate Church in Hot Springs, Arkansas. To learn more, join us on our website, crossgate.org.